Chapter 1 The Frontier Prologue A cool breeze whistle in front of an old brick house in Opelousas, Louisiana. Mama enters from the house and onto her front porch where she sits and rocks in a weathered-down rocking chair. She looks out at the neighborhood. See, I done learned something at a young age. Cause you know, we Louisianians had to go through a lot early on. Being from Port Berry, you see all kinds of different cats passing through. Cause that's all everyone ever do, is pass through. Some folks too afraid to stay, as if the South is something to be afraid of, or that we're not intelligent or sophisticated people. You know why I choose to stay? Because I love the way the sunlight shines down here. I love how kind people can be here. I love the crawfish etouffee, catfish pole boys, the dandelions, the smell of freshly hand-washed sheets hanging in the yard, and I like to have my Mardi Gras just before Lent. I love my family. And yes, I may not bring it up as much as you, but I'm just as curious about the stars in heaven. There's some really decent folks down here. Some of the kindest people you'll ever meet in your life. And like anywhere else in the world, you see injustice down here too. A lot of poverty. And I learned there's niggas in every race. Yup, that's just what I said. You heard me right. There's white niggas, black niggas, Hispanic niggas, and all kinds of other niggas you can think of. But see, being a nigger have nothing to do with the color of your skin and everything to do with your character. But I know God is good. I pray you stand through every storm. Never lose faith in God. This life is hard. You will be tested. But Mama gonna make a promise to you. I promise God is good. And I promise you're gonna grow to be the person I know you can be. People will try to get over on you. But God gonna be with you. Plus, you just like Mama. You aware of everything. Curious. My Mama used to say... Everything slick don't slide, and just because I let you slide don't mean you slick. I'm not waiting on no hero or even the return. God is now in our hearts. My faith helped me get past losing so much. You see that big water tower down there in the South City Park? I remember clearly when the tornado touched down in this city right when we was just starting out. We heard loud thunderbolts in the skies. <laughs> Your daddy thought it was a transformer at the Clico plant right there down the street. I said, no, that's coming from the sky. I rushed all my kids inside the tub while I curled in the doorway and prayed to God that we make it out alive. And we sure did. Step out of the soul. Step out of the soul. Step out of this body. Step out of this mind. Weaver Bird Productions presents God Done Open the Sky, an African polymorphous towards bliss. Written by Jerston Ray Sorrell. 
directed by Eric Hagen, starring Bibi Mama and Jerston Ray Sorrell. Step out of your jeans. Who are you? Who are you? Scene 1. Kingdom of Kush. Early evening, Jerston and brother plays their ritual game of E.T., an activity clearly led by the younger sibling. Brother presses both index and middle fingers against his thumb to form the E.T. character. He does this with both hands and Jerston with one. Brother, with much more enthusiasm for the game, plays Smokey and Kush-Kush, while Jerston plays Cornbread and Milk with a sobered attitude. The storm has now arrived. Meet Cornbread and Milk. Oh, and his little brother, Kush-Kush. Hello, Kush-Kush and Cornbread and Milk. My name is Smokey. Why do they call you Smokey, Smokey? Because everyone says I like fire, and I, 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 I enjoy the smoke coming from things that burn. Why do they call you Kush-Kush, Kush-Kush? Because he's named after our father, Cornbread Dressing. Mother calls Jerston to the kitchen. Hey, hey, Cornbread and Milk, can, can, can I ask you something? Go ahead, Smokey. Will the world really end? Maybe. They say the rich people have already gone in a spaceship and flew all the way to Mars. All the way to Mars? Yep, to Mars. They white people, too. They got so scared, they paid billions to fly all the way up there. You know, the news been saying the world was going to end in year 2000, and that's tomorrow, so... But last hurricane season was supposed to be bad, bad. But we always seem to be fine here in Opelousas. Bad, bad? Every hurricane season is bad, Cornbread. You ever had a tree fall on top of your house? Your car? What you talking about, Cornbread? True. I'm talking about Louisiana being below sea level, bad. That's what I'm talking about. Being below sea level, bad? Wait. What that mean, cornbread and milk? It means that the water is taller than the land. And if a cyclone comes, it's bad news. Holy smokes, cornbread and milk. Holy smokes, Smokey. We have to prepare. Uh, will we still be a family tomorrow? I was just kidding. We will always be family, even tomorrow. And the world won't end. Opelousas is a town on a hill. Nothing is going to happen to us. I love you, Cornbread. I love you too, Smokey. I love you, Cornbread and Milk. I love you too, Kush Kush. I love you, Kush Kush. I love you too, Smokey. Power goes out suddenly. Mother calls again. Jerston exits. Scene 2. The Frontier. 
Jerston enters the dark kitchen and finds Mom lighting an overly used candle. How many times I have to call you before you finally come? I need your help in here. The power went out. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Now, I wonder when Cleek are going to come and turn our power back on. It might be weeks this time if that storm is bad like they say it is. You need to get that generator from the back of the wood shop and bring it onto the car porch. I'm going to try to get it started so at least we have a little power going on. Lord of mercy. Sha, I was just about to flat on my hair. Your great-grandma used to have hair just like you. You never met her, but she was a loud woman. High yellow skin, not a wrinkle on her bone. She had hair that mostly passed her butt, it was so long. And flaky, too. Lord of mercy, that woman had so much dandruff for days. Now, when I tell you her head was so bad, it was so bad, man. She had good, dirty hair. She used to make me do her hair. How'd I do it? Well, she used to make me use a hot comb. It's this thick metal comb. I remember the top part of the comb was burnt from all the other times she had used it on the stove, uh, much like the pots and pans inside the kitchen cabinets. That burnt hot comb had been in the family longer than I have. Mama, how can a hot comb be older than you? Simple. It just is. Your mama might have bought it before you were born. Most families have dishes longer than they have kids. You see that big old gumbo pot on the cabinet? Older than you. You know that crispy black steel pot your daddy and I used to make cush cushion for you? Well, that pot used to belong to your great-grandma. She made red beans and rice in that pot too, just like I do for you now. That ain't just me. That's mostly all black folks. But why do you need to put a hot comb on the stove, Mama? Because it's supposed to straighten your hair out. It's supposed to get warm. That's why they call it a hot comb, son. Why would you want to straighten your hair out? Isn't it supposed to be curly like mine is? Well, you don't want to be going to work with no nappy hair, do you? Forget work. They might not even hire you if your hair is all kinds of ways. I watched my mama struggle with getting a job, just babysitting if she didn't use a hot comb. Is the perm your hot comb, Mama? It's hot. It is hot. I promise you that. But no, I just like it straight. That's my style. Plus, it makes it easy for when I want my hair extended and whatnot. Mama, you don't need the hot comb. Boy, if you don't go get that generator. Jerston exits outside. Scene 3. Woodshop. Code-heavy rain and wind dominates the yard as Jerston walks through the patio towards the woodshop. Opening the shed door, he unsuccessfully attempts to turn on the light. Turning around in the dark room, Jerston sees a dark figure in the back of the shed. <laughs> Hello? The figure says nothing. I don't know who you are. But you can't stay in here. You can't just walk in people's yards and sleep wherever you want. The figure says nothing. You hear me? What do you want? Huh? Huh? Why do you want to know the meaning of your name, son? Pop? How are you here? 
You passed away. Wait. Where am I? Why do you want to know the meaning of your name, son? So I can be free. So I can be free, Pop. You're already free, son. You left us. We're hurting. Why did you have to leave us so soon, Dad? I'm hurting. Did you know Mom lost the house? She lost our first home two weeks after you died. The bank took that yellow house on Liberty Street only two weeks after you left us. No matter how hard she pled with the bank, they would not help us. Why did you let us go through that? Why couldn't you be there? Why couldn't you hold on just a little bit longer? I would have told you how proud I was of you getting your license regardless of your age. Had you held on just a little bit longer, I would have grown up to be a man you could be proud of. We would have gotten that home you always talked about. Why couldn't you be strong for us? You remember the day we trimmed the bush? It was in the backyard of this house on Liberty Street. I remember. It was the only day we ever trimmed that big old bush. We cut and cut, and an owl flew down from the trees and perched on my shoulder. I remember that. The claws had so tight a grip on my shoulder that it left scars, many scars, many scars. The owl left many scars when the bird dug its claws deep into my shoulder. And strangely, it didn't hurt. All I could think about was seeing something special like this, something magical happening in our small little community on Liberty Street. That moment with you was so liberating. Like that morning, God had come right on down from the skies to send his regards to a small town folk. A small town folk in Opelousas, Louisiana. Like he was trying to say he didn't forget about us folk, but to share it with you was one of the best moments of my life, son. I regret many things in my life. The man I chose to be, the drink, the pills, the nights in the house, the smoke, the dreams I chose to die with. I prayed to God. You needed to try. I prayed to God to make me better. But dad, you needed to try. I did try. I prayed to God to make me better. To take away this pain. I gave it everything I had to give each and every day. This world ate me up alive, son. It mauled my spirit. And I don't want... I don't want that to happen to you. Look, I can't tell you why things played out the way they did, okay? That's not my place to tell you. Yes. All my life it felt like it was bad luck and I had been dealt the wrong hand. But at the same time, God knew what he was doing when he brought me into this world. When he gave me the experiences he gave me, he knew what he was throwing me into. And it's not my place to question that. But at the same time, 
I know what I can and can handle. Nobody can ever try blaming me for that. After what I've been through, I ain't never questioned God. You said you wish to be free? I wish to be free. You know, wishes and dreams can come true. How? How? Your dreams never came true, Pop. I saw you want to be a better man, but the world never seen you like I did. You could have been so many things, Pop, but no one ever took a chance on you. You're wrong, son. Your mama took a chance on me. So did you. Having you and your mom in my life was my dream. That's why I woke up every morning. To see you. Give me your hand, son, and look at me. You are enough. Live. I loved you since the night you were born on Liberty Street. On your birth certificate, it say the hospital, but they got it wrong. You were enough since the night you were born at 3.38 a.m. Ain't nobody needed to deliver you because the doctors were too late. You delivered yourself and you came into the world fast and ready. When I saw that, that's when I sat back and said, you the one. You will be able to take care of yourself no matter what. I say, someday, I say someday when everyone least expected, that child is going to show up and shine brighter than the sun. Live, son. Live. Live. God's got a blessing waiting for you. God's got a blessing waiting for you. He's going to change your life. You just wait and see. Door slams open as a gust of wind rushes in. Blackout. End of chapter one. This performance was made possible through the generous support of the William Mail Foundation. Thank you for listening to this presentation of God Didn't Open the Sky from Weaver Bird Productions. God Didn't Open the Sky was written and produced by Jerston Ray Sorrell, directed, produced, and edited by Eric Hagen, and performed by Jerston Ray Sorrell and Bibi Mama. If you like what you hear, please share with family and friends and leave us a note in the comments. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate you.